0: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to say thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nerdcast. If you'd like to stay up to date on all things Nerdcast, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheNerdcast1. If you'd like to inquire about influencing or joining the discussion, you can send us a message on any of our social media or an email at jrbnerdcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Let's get into it. Well, um, Happy New Year, everybody. It is... Um, Christmas is over. The new year has come. Uh, actually, not yet, because we're recording this the Sunday before New Year's. But you get the picture. It's close
1: enough.
0: It's right. It is close enough. And, um, guys, 2018 has been uh, a roller coaster, but 2019 is going to be great. So, to start off the first show of 2019, we're changing it up a bit. The first three... First three episodes? first three episodes have been Star Wars-centric, uh, Star Wars-focused. But joining me today, uh, for the first time on the Nerdcast, <coughs> making his Nerdcast debut, is one of my best friends, uh, Mr. Sean Harp. Sean, what's up, buddy? No, I'm much, man. I'm glad to be here today. I'm uh, I'm very excited. I'm very glad that you're here. I'm very excited for what the new year holds because we got a lot going on uh, but you'll hear about that in a different platform because one of the big things that we're doing in 2019 is going to happen today later today and will be posted and it will be the first of its kind on the nerdcast channel so stay tuned for that but we're going to get into some nitty-gritty talk today we got three questions that we want to talk about and um, as you guys know, if you've listened to the overview video that I posted a couple weeks ago, we have a gaming group that gets together almost every Saturday. Almost. Um, if not Saturdays, then we we try to get together at least every weekend. And you've heard the first episode of Dice Time, which was Star Wars. Yes. Um, the next episode of Dice Time you hear will be a different campaign. And it will be... The campaign that i am in charge of which is called Athendel. now Athendel is unique and sean's going to talk about this here in a little bit a little bit more Athendel is unique because i am an author and i have written two books that take place in this world called Athendel that i have created uh, the reason i just looked up at the wall is because my wife painted me a beautiful picture and i thought oh, i'll get that down and show you but we can do that another time. I maybe post a picture with it or use that picture as my thumbnail or something. What's cool about Athendel, though, is that I have created it from scratch. Um, I wrote a story within Athendel um, that is two books long. I haven't been published yet because I don't think that they're that great, but we'll get into that later, too. Um, but we thought... We were sitting down one day and we were like, you know, we, we want to play D&D more consistently. And Nick, who you guys have heard on the podcast before, was like, dude, you created a world for a book. Why don't you DM in that world? And that for me was a huge step because like that world is my baby. And I had never DM'd at that point before. But I decided to do it. And um, I decided to do it in the same timeline as what takes place in the books. So, Sean, you have never read my books. I have not. You know the characters in my books, though. Or at least your character, Segan, knows the characters that are in the book. So my first question to you, and you can expand on this as much as you like. My first question to you is, what's it like to play in a world that already has its own story that has been told inside of it? Well,
1: I mean, for starters, it's, it's tough because you feel like you might ruin their already story going on. But at the same time, if you introduce this to a group of players in D and D, you're pretty much giving us free run to just create another story within your story, in hopes of making even more.
0: See, that was the that was the plan going into it. Uh, was I've written this story, and it starts in chapter one and ends in chapter like I think it's like thirty five. Ends in chapter thirty five. When we started d d Session 1 started in Chapter 1. So, like, you guys, your party got thrust into this story as the story itself was beginning. Uh, and so you guys have the chance to influence and make me go back and rewrite parts of the book, which I think is really cool because um, as the creator of the book and of the world, it's cool for me to be able to see you guys interact with it and then go back in You know, reacclimate myself with what I've written, and maybe have to tweak it a little bit. Uh, So I think that's pretty cool. I don't know how the other players feel about it. Um, I know that Brittany, for one, thinks that it's really cool to be playing in the world that I created because she's an awesome artist, and as I mentioned before, she painted a cool picture that's up on the wall.
1: You know, the other thing about it is, is it would kind of stink, but at the same time. There's an ending to it, and one way or the other, we're going to influence that ending, and possibly not influence that ending. That's where the scary part is, where we we've we've lost several so far, and
0: yep, <laughs> one
1: for sure was very, very emotional loss because he was a great character, mm-hmm. and he was portrayed very well mm-hmm. by Mister Tanner Gibbs, Gibson, and you know we're we're finally getting over to that hump of getting over that loss and hopefully moving forward is what I'm hoping for and you'll yeah, we'll, we'll see where that goes. I got high hopes for it.
0: I do too. Uh and it's weird for me as the DM because like you know as a player you get attached to your character um and you get to a point where you're like okay, I don't want this character to die. But then as the DM um, I've never I never understood it until now that I'm DMing this personal campaign is like even as the DM I don't want these characters to die, and so when Mister Thorin played by Tanner uh, when his death came like that was unplanned I did not plan it the battle itself that happened was unplanned um, it was all kind of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing that whole scenario <laughs> and it ended with a a player death and I felt I felt like Joshua, outside of game like outside of DM like I felt for Tanner because like that was rough um, and I had never experienced it from the other side of the screen before and so to, to experience it from the other side of the screen was really cool but it was it was hard um, because you know Thorin was one that was like he was pretty pivotal to the group
1: he, he was <laughs> I mean he was definitely comedic relief and and for sure yeah <laughs> segan you know in character he was very attached to him he's attached to all of them really and that's you know his biggest fear in the whole game is losing the ones he cares about and that which makes him very dangerous at the mm-hmm. same time including for the ones he cares about so i mean and we found that out last time we played and i mean hopefully it continues to go from there on what they decide they're going to do with it
0: So, that's a great segue into question number two. Um, Question number two is... How does being one of the only remaining original heroes make you feel? So, a little background before he answers this question. (laughs) Uh, This campaign started with... Well, let's see. Hunter, Nick, Tanner, Brittany, and Sean. Started with five uh, player characters. Since then... Nick is on his second character. Um, Tanner is on his second character. Hunter has um, gone on a hiatus, I guess you could say. Yes. He's taking a break, and so his character, when Hunter comes back, um, his character will be gone. That is a decision that I made as a DM, um, solely on the purpose of, I didn't want to have to play a player character every week. So when Hunter comes back, he will be on his second character. Um... Since then, we have added Jacob and Jason. So the only, if you're keeping track, the only remaining original characters are Sean as Segan and Brittany as Melindy. They're the only two that haven't died and or left the party.
1: And it's really all just the luck of the role. I mean, I don't know how I've lived this long because usually I die at least (laughs) once every game.
0: It's been... um... It's been interesting, to say the least. So... Yeah. Uh, so, as, like, outside of Sean, um, as Segan, how does Segan see the party now versus where it was when he met them in Monaco Bay?
1: Well, when, when, you know, we recall, he you know, when he first met them, he just... He wanted to get away from all... And a little backstory, he is a prince from a little country I made up called Valaboré. He, uh... He has some serious anger issues and almost killed his sister. So he ran so he wouldn't dishonor his family you know, and end up doing something really bad. So he, he's ran to Demonico Bay and uh, he took a job he probably shouldn't have taken, but <laughs> he didn't take any money with him to pay for his ride over. So short of killing everybody on that ship and going to jail, uh, he uh, pretty much just took a job for payment of his path. And um, he, he honestly he, he feels like he's got to protect everybody now. but at the same time as if somebody gets hurt, he, he loses it and he wants to you know kill anything in his path to protect those people. But at the same time that presents a problem of he can't control his anger. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the ones he's protecting very well could be the ones he ends up killing.
0: And mm-hmm. which I want to talk about that a little bit too um because uh Segan is a barbarian character if you're familiar with D&D at all you understand that barbarians have this feature called rage where they can go into a rage they deal more damage um me and Sean sat down before we started the campaign and he said I like rage but I want to do something different with it and uh one of the things that um is in the dungeon master's guide for D&D is never say no to your characters always say yes but if you want it to be different And so when Sean came to me and was like, hey, I want to do this, I was like, absolutely. Like, yes, here's how we're going to do it. Uh, And so, Sean, go ahead and tell them your idea with your rage.
1: Well, to make it more realistic, you know, if if someone's to that level of anger, they're not just going to stop at who they're angry at. So the way I, I envisioned it is if I go into a rage and say I slay a goblin, well, I'm going to scan around, and the next thing I'm going to see in this bloodthirsty state, that's what I'm going to attack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, granted in the rules, I guess it does say if you're not damaged or anything like that, but at the same time, if you're not damaged, you're going to be mad. Yep. So you're going to go find something to attack. So that's how I wanted to kind of portray that to give it more of a realistic, you know, kind of a goal. And last game, our party found out that that does turn south on them
0: (laughs) yeah yeah it um they were in a a city um they had crossed a little bit of background because you guys will see the next dice time will be the episode coming on the heels of the one i'm about to explain to you they had um they had crossed through this threshold that was an illusion created by a wizard and they traveled forward in time um, to a city that exists in real time uh, but they had traveled forward in time to when this city was being attacked by some. Uh, I think it was Dragonborn. Did we say Dragonborn? Uh,
1: I think there was a mixture.
0: There was a mixture. So they were being the city is being attacked, and and our party arrives, and they, um, I think it was about twenty to twenty five uh, villains that they killed, um, which was impressive in itself. But there was one archmage that was there that um, they didn't discover who it was. And I'm not going to reveal it, because it's a really big deal, and it's going to play into the next several episodes of Dice Time. Uh, but they get to this city, they start attacking, they start fighting, and uh, Sean does some damage. He he wrecks shop, and uh, he goes into a rage, uh, and he kills the last of the uh, attackers on the village, and... One of our newest characters, who is Tanner's new character, uh, Nasir, who's a rogue, he didn't understand Segan's rage. Tanner does, but in character, Nasir didn't.
1: Junior as well. Of course, Junior Junior got the brunt of everything.
0: Junior as well. Uh, Junior's another new character who who was played by Jason, who just joined us as well, I think two episodes ago. Uh,
1: Yeah, I think this is going to be his third one, the next one coming up.
0: So, um, Nasir and Junior, neither one, fully understand Segan's rage. They know that when he's mad, he does more damage. um, But they didn't understand that when he's mad, he attacks everything. And so, uh, Nick and um, Jacob, who at that point, Jacob had been around long enough to see it.
1: But they didn't know the extent until now. Actually, Melindy, I think, is the only one that knew he's... Just don't mess with them. Get away from them. Yeah.
0: Him. And, and that's because Melindy's been with you since day one. <laughs> uh, and, and so Melindy understood. And so, you know, she's telling them, like, guys, you need to get away. Uh, and Junior and Nasir didn't fully understand or get it, I guess you could say. And they came up and they were like high fiving Segan because he had just killed the last one. And Segan turned and just wailed on him. I
1: mean, high five, face punch. I yeah, mean, same thing, right? <laughs> in a barbarian's eyes, it's the same.
0: So that's how that went, and uh, Junior and Nasir found out real quick, you don't want to mess with Sean, uh, or sorry, you don't want to mess with Segan when he's in a rage. Um, but it, it's it's part of, part of what makes this campaign unique, I think, is that, uh, and I'm not, you know, this isn't me patting myself on the back or anything, but I think part of what makes it unique is that uh, we can we can make up things like that as we go and we can be like okay yeah let's take this rule that's in the DMG or that's in the PHB and let's tweak it a little bit to fit the world that we're in and i think i think that's how every i think that's how everybody should play D&D is like you know yes the rules are good and you should follow the rules um, but i think just like in anything the rules are more so guidelines than they are concrete rules. Exactly, and that's why you
1: know you've probably seen many people you know playing you know Dungeons and Dragons online, and one of the big things they always say is you know don't spout out the rules because you know what we change the rules to our campaign. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily yeah, it's a good guideline, but it, they even tell you you don't have to follow them. Yep. They're a guideline You can change them for your campaign. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it's a great fantasy game for anybody, and I think everybody should play it. To at least, because you learn so many different skills from creative writing to just using your imagination instead of playing a video game. Don't get me wrong. I love playing video games.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. But. We do it on this channel. (laughs) All the time.
1: And I just, I prefer to use my imagination because it gets me away from reality and some of the the bad days of real life. And I can get away in your glorious world of Athendale, which is really amazing.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Shameless plug. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way about Athendel and the same way about our Age of Rebellion. You know, like uh, if I've had a long week at work, then I wake up Saturday morning and yeah, I've got to clean the house and cook stuff because everybody comes to my house to play. But at the same time, I'm like, man, yes, we're getting to play DD or we're getting to play Star Wars today.
1: Exactly. And like, I guess in the lore, my character in Star Wars, Lobaka, was an actual character. And I did not know that. Yeah. Until I talked with you know, Silva, Jason Silva, who plays Corbin in star Wars and junior in D and D. And he said, no, there's actually in the lore a Baca. So I'm mm-hmm. like, well,
0: who's Force sensitive. Yeah. Who is a, a force sensitive Wookiee in, I don't know if it's in star Wars canon, uh, but I know it's, it's in the lore of the history of star Wars, which is really cool because Nick has been, uh, Nick has since day one, Nick has been preaching with this star Wars campaign is like, We're not following canon, like we're in the canon universe and we have the canon characters, but we're making our own canon. Exactly. And and I think that's what's really cool about, especially that campaign is like, you know, you can, uh, you can go into it and like I play a Duros in that campaign, and I can, I can steal a ship that is a Fire Spray, which is if you don't know what a Fire Spray is, it's it's what Slave One is, it's what Bubba Fett's ship is. Like I can go in and get that ship. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, I'm flying the Slave One. Yeah. And, like, that's really cool because, and I think Nick has done a great job balancing canon versus our imagination. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, that's the great thing with, you know, D&D, Star Wars, any of those games is you can put, your imagination is the limit. and, And that's what I hope people will be watching this and... I hope they'll portray wanting to go further with wanting to do something like this. Even just getting a group somewhere, random people, you know, be safe about it. Do it an actual real place that you can be saved. Don't go to some stranger's house. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, to, to escape reality and just, you know, just get away for a minute and mm-hmm. come back and, you know, go do your thing. But, you know, have something to look forward to.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, I can definitely second what you said about... Um, D&D encourages creative writing because I think not just from a DM standpoint, uh, but also from a player standpoint, it induces critical thinking as well. Because uh, I don't know about how Lobaka or Segan feels, but especially as the DM, but also as um, Vendry, every week we're presented with a situation where we're like, okay, how many different ways can this situation play out? And what's the best one to take? It's kind of like that Doctor Strange <sighs> moment in uh, in Infinity War, where it's like yeah, like there's all these different things that could happen. What do we need to do to make the right thing happen? Yeah, well,
1: in Segan's eyes, he just, you know, if you can grab a hold of something, you can break it. That's, that's, that's how <laughs> he thinks about it. And granted, Dink probably could think a little better, but he doesn't. He just... Head first, barrels in, and he creates mayhem. I mean, that's what he does. But at the same time, he's he's a real for a Goliath, he's a softie. I mean I'll be honest, he's he, a he softie. Really is.
0: Especially when it comes to Melindy. He's uh he's very uh I, If I'm not mistaken, he broke two guys' neck because did. they didn't know where she was. He did. <laughs> um and, and I don't want it to sound like, like Segan and Melindy have a love story, because I don't think that's what it is. I think it's more of like Segan sees Melindy as a little sister. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, and and like I can vouch for that's exactly how he sees her. <laughs> yeah, like, he's very protective of Melindy, and I think he's very protective of everyone in the group. Yeah. Which is, is really cool. Uh, especially, like, from the other side of the screen, for me to sit back and say, okay, like, that's a dude who cares about the people that are around. Like, because that's my goal um that's my goal as the dm is one to make sure the players have a good time like you know that that should be your ultimate goal if you're going to dm is make sure your players have a good time but also make sure that your characters get invested in the story and i don't mean your players i mean make sure your characters are invested in the story so like if sean is distant from the story but segan is in the story that's what matters to me uh and i think i think everyone at the table when we play does a really good job of keeping it at the table. Um, Because, yes, we talk about it when we go other places, but when we sit down at the table, like, we are those people. Yeah,
1: and that's, you know, and that's to elaborate on that. You know, you as a person may not be present at the table, I guess, per se. But if you're into that character, you're present, and you have become that person. And that's why I think when you lose a companion or your character it really does mm-hmm. hurt pretty bad mm-hmm. and like with again I put a lot of me in that character oh yeah so I I do have a feeling one of these sessions he's gonna die but it's gonna be <laughs> from protecting someone so they can get out and it's gonna be worth it in the end I mean mm-hmm. I have no doubts on that and I won't regret it but at the same time it's gonna suck really bad <laughs>
0: oh yeah So uh, that kind of throws us, that's a great segue uh, into question three, which we're going through this really fast, uh, which is fine because that leaves room at the end if we want to just, you know, shoot the breeze, um, which is probably what will happen. Oh, yeah. So question number three for you, Sean, is how do you think things will play out uh, in Athendel? So you understand that I have written a story and how I want the story to go. But the beauty of D&D is that you, ultimately, the players, get to decide where the story goes. So how do you think things are going to end? Like, our final session, when I say thus ends this campaign, how do you think things are going to wrap?
1: Oh, it's it's tough because metagaming a little bit. Um, I do know that We do know what happens to us in the story from going into the past, which Segan, since you guys weren't there, he left because he didn't care about what happened. He just knew he hurt people that he cared about, and so he wanted away from everybody. But metagaming and knowing what I've been told, we're all supposed to die. And I feel like that, with a few good lucky rolls, I think we're going to end up. Saving the world and changing all the future of what's going to happen. Now, am I going to say that's going to happen? No, <laughs> that's not necessarily because we we'll have to see <laughs> exactly. And that's you know that's the same. It goes back to when Thorn, who was played by Tanner, um, died. Mm-hmm. As you explained to me, you you felt like I wasn't getting engaged into the game. Which, in fact, my character—that he's just a loner at the time because mm-hmm. he's afraid he's going to hurt somebody. Well, when you put into that, and I followed my gut on it, I ultimately got Thorne killed. You know, and in a I was way. rolling horrible. <laughs> in a way, I, yeah. And you know, a few few moves that some of the other characters have completely forgot about because in the moment. You're fighting these guys that are actually kicking your butt.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, they were wrecking you guys.
1: I mean, you're going to forget things, and that's where, you know, you, you get to think on the fly. You got to think a little clearer. It, it's a kind of a high-paced game at, at certain points, mm-hmm. whereas you play a video game, there's no repercussions. You can just mm-hmm. load the game back up. You can't do that in D&D. Your character yeah. dies. Yeah. You gotta pay big money in hopes that he comes back proper, or you gotta be very high level, and we are not nowhere near either one <laughs> of those. So, in a sense, I feel like Segan actually and he feels that he actually got Thorne killed. So, I mean that's a heavy burden for him.
0: Oh, for sure. And, and I think I think you did a good job of role playing that for Segan, because over the next, I think, two episodes since Thorin's death, there wasn't any combat, and it was all just like It was like, how do we move on from that? And it was like, role-playing stuff. And I think you and uh, Hunter and Brittany all did a fantastic job. Well, and Nick, for that matter, too. Yeah, Nick with uh, Elrim. I mean, you guys all... You handled Thorin's death really well.
1: I feel like we handled it exactly how it should have been handled. Mm -hmm. You know, not even just really well. It just... We all felt close to that character and poor Tanner you know he <laughs> he lost his character and then he had a new character that was hired by somebody that we all wanted to just destroy especially Segan I know he don't care he just wants to kill him mm-hmm. and uh, of course when Tanner's new character got introduced a week later which probably a little too soon to introduce a new character for somebody <laughs> but we went with it Segan and Hunter's character Tradex at the time we were a little inebriated from the pub, and I didn't even pay. I think Ellerin paid. Yeah, Elrin if I recall, paid. like I just walked out with the with the the mug of ale. <clears throat> I say mug. It's you know he's a Goliath. It, it was a it's, a, it it's was like a, a gallon.
0: Yeah, it was a, an entire <laughs> wine skin full of ale <laughs> that you walked away with. <laughs> and
1: uh, somehow I ended up hitting him with a javelin from the three different you know. Nasir's that Tanner plays because my character was drunk and I ended up hitting him. So, I mean, it's like from day one he's been getting just beat up and bashed and, Mm -hmm. you know, and at the same time when we lost Thorne, you know, Jacob plays Rito, you know, he's got to feel kind of bad and I can only imagine how he feels being that he sat in a tree through this whole thing and watched it. And And that's
0: what's interesting to me is like because, and here's the thing, if, as the DM, if you, as a player, react to something... If you say, like, if Sean says that Segan reacts this way, I just go with it. Jacob, when Thorin died, Jacob that was Jacob's first session. Yeah. That, Jacob had just joined, and he watched Thorin die. So, Rito, like, had known Thorin for a may, yeah, maybe a day. Uh, but then... When Thorin died, Jacob reacted as Rito the way that Jacob would have reacted as if Tanner had died. And I thought that was so cool because, like, they don't know each other, but they know each other.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, he was indifferent, but, you know, he saw how everybody was, and he's like, you know, as someone who's trying to, you know, you go up to somebody you don't know and they've just lost somebody, you're going to be, like, indifferent and sympathetic yep. just, to, just to be there in the moment. You know, and that's something that in real life you would, you would do and that's, you know, it's a much appreciated thing mm-hmm. even though some people don't know how to express the appreciation of something like that. And he did that perfectly. I mean, so he well. couldn't have done it better. So, well. And he still continues to portray that he's not hugely in our party yet, but he mm-hmm. is. Um, you know, and like the little stuff, he, he's seen Seegan get mad and rage and just attack everything that just twitches. Um matter of fact, I think he was there whenever there was like three dragons and Segan was going to attack. He did not care. Yep. He just ran. Yeah, he was there. Um you know, I don't even know what style it was it could have been a lucky roll. It could have been the DM deciding I don't want them all to die tonight. <laughs> um because ultimately his goal is to kill us all. Whether he wants to admit <laughs> it or not, that's every DM's goal is to uh player kill everybody. And <laughs> you know, that's all you can elaborate on that. But he played it very well, and I think he continues to play it still very well. And Tanner is doing a great job playing this here, and I think he's coming into liking yeah, I how too. Nasir is. And I think it actually fits him more perfect than Thorne did on, you know, just just how he is, how Tanner is. He's, for sure. It just Nasir's a perfect role for yeah, Tanner. Yeah, for sure. I don't even think he, he, he even has to try real hard. <laughs>
0: I, I would agree. Of
1: just uh, you know, like certain moments where he's like, I I only work on Tuesdays. Uh, it's Wednesday. Oh, okay, or oh, no, like that. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But yeah. it's just simple stuff like he just
0: he, comedic relief to mm. me. And, I think any character that Tanner is going to play is going to be comedic relief, just because oh, yeah. like even in those serious moments with Tanner, Tanner just has this atmosphere about him of like relieving the stress in the room. Like he he's just a He's just a stress reliever kind of person. And I
1: don't even think he means to sometimes. <laughs> no, I, don't either. I think he just says something and it just... He was serious and it just comes out like, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: man. Yeah. You know, huh, boy.
0: <laughs> I think that's... Uh, I think that's really cool though because like that is a little bit of Tanner leaking into his characters that's like, you know, when it, in those moments when exactly, it's really yeah. uptight with the party, then Nasir can just like say something that, that maybe fits the situation, but is also kind of like, like, why would you say that, man? But it's funny because it's like, okay, <laughs> like, that was pretty e- good. Exactly, and, you know, like, Tanner
1: is actually kind of a really shy guy. I don't want to call oh, him yeah. out. I'm with him. I'm shy, too. So you but, get to know him. Yeah, <laughs> then you just can't shut him up. No offense, Tanner. <laughs> I know you're going to listen to this, but sometimes you just don't shut up when you should. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but he, he's really awesome, and he... I think he doesn't give himself enough credit to I think he's just worried about he wants to impress everybody. He just bees himself and he's it's impressive yeah. on his role playing abilities. And yeah. cracks me up now, like this year he's also tried doing a little bit of, you know, game mastering and playing some all flesh must be eaten. He did out he did his, really good. He did. I mean he's super nervous, but at the same time we're kind of a strange group of people to try and do that yeah. with because we can be very overpowering.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one thing that I've had to overcome as a DM is like when we started this, uh, Hunter is a very, um, upfront person and Nick is a very upfront person and they've both DM'd before. And so for me going into it with two players that were also DMs that are both very upfront people and outspoken people, it was difficult for me at first because it was like, okay, I can't capture the attention of everybody because these two guys are talking and everybody's listening to them because they're used to listening to those two when we play games. And they,
1: they, they command a the presence. Oh, they, yeah, they really do. Sure. They just
0: And that's yeah. not a bad like that's not a knock on you guys. No. Like, that's not a bad thing. It was just difficult for me to the fur at least the first for the first session for sure. It was oh hard. I bet your heart
1: was pumping insane. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah like when uh, when you guys all started messaging me that you were like on your way to the house um, I'll be honest, that first session, like I got sick, like, like my stomach started churning and I had to go to the bathroom. Like as you guys were showing up at my house, like I was in the bathroom sick that first DM session. And, uh, since then it's, you know, it's not a big deal. Like if you're wanting to be a first time DM and you're nervous about it, don't be. Because you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to know all the rules. You're going to forget rules. Uh, but the important thing is you're not worried about making a perfect story. You're worried about making sure your characters and your players have fun. And I think we do a great job of capturing that both in Athendale and in Star Wars.
1: Oh, yeah. For, for sure. Hands down. I mean, we, just, we have fun and... The thing is, like you're, you're kind of loosey-goosey on some of the stuff. If it's going to look cool imaginatively and you see it in your head, <laughs> yeah. let's do it. And that's the whole point of D- mm-hmm. D&D and Star Wars and any tabletop game like that is if your imagination can do it, roll for it. Doesn't mean you're going to get to do it, yep. but it's going to look cool or it's going to look hilarious.
0: And, and that's one thing we mentioned earlier, but I want to elaborate. I want to clarify um, because we said uh that I, I like rules are just the guidelines now i do I, I agree with that i'm not taking that back rules are just guidelines except for the combat rules combat rules like spell rules and weapon rules those are rules yeah like period uh as far as like the rage thing goes we we're still a, a stilly. <laughs> we're still abiding by the rage rule uh we just added on to it
1: yeah, and and technicality is, like at the end of combat like say there's like one guy and I rage because he's hurt somebody and I'm going crazy at the end of that man's death and he's the only actual like bad guy in, enemy I still roll a d6. The problem is after having so many deaths in our group, that that roll gets worse and worse. So I think 1 through 5. I still rage. And Mm -hmm. a six, I end the rage and, like, just, I don't want to fight no more. I don't want to be around nobody. And so, I mean, that's still kind of adding to that rule of giving it not a broken sense. Mm -hmm. Because I I technically think that would be a broken sense at that point. Yeah. But at the same time, randomly, he'll tell me to roll. And if I roll a certain number, then I lose it. And it could be in the middle of combat. Mm which can be really bad because if I'm low health and somebody hits me and I don't do half damage from being a rage, I'm in big trouble. Especially if I'm that far in because I didn't care. Because raging, you're just not going to think about it. And I mean, I, th- I think we kind of broke the rule, but we also fixed it at the same time.
0: Yeah, and it definitely took a couple of sessions and a couple of opportunities for your rage for us to really get to where we were like, Okay, this is how it needs to be. Like, yeah. uh, Because that first session, it was a great idea. And when you brought it to me, I was like, yes, let's do it. That's really cool. I like it. But then the first time we did it, I was like, that doesn't really work. So let's do this instead. And then it didn't really work that time. And then you were like, well, what if we did this? And we were like, yeah. I mean, boom, all three combined and it works. It took
1: a lot of tweaking. And yeah you're going to have to tweak the rules a little bit and you're going to have some games where you're just a broken character until you get that one little rule you're wanting to switch Mm -hmm. kinked out. But, you know, if you sit down with your dungeon master or if you are a dungeon master and doing this, I mean, just work at it and you'll you'll get it no problem. I mean, this is a cool stat for me and I hope to use it again someday. I usually use a thief and nobody likes me playing as a thief because I play (laughs) a thief as a thief. I steal everything. That's, In- that's very Including true. from my group, that's why I die a lot. I'm just gonna be honest.
0: <laughs> I've uh, I've really enjoyed Athendel, um, and part of it may just be because I'm biased and I created Athendel. But I think, um, and this is again not me patting myself on the back. I think I've done a really good job to let you guys kind of shape Athendel. And what I mean by that is not like you created the world. Like I created the world. I created, and I'll I'll take a picture of the map. And I'll use it as the thumbnail. I'll post it on Twitter and Instagram and and Facebook so you guys can look at it. But I created the world and all of the major cities that are in it. And then what we did from there was I allowed the players to say, like, okay, well, I want to be from a town called this, but that's not on the map. I'm like, okay, well, where is it? And even though it's not on the map, it's on the map, you know? And and that's one thing that Sean got to do uh, was... He said, "Okay, can I be from somewhere that's not in Athendel?" Uh, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Like, if if that's what you want to do, go for it." So Sean is actually from uh, a place called Velebore. That is a it's a continent inside of the world, um, separate from Athendel. Athendel is its own continent, made up of three countries, and Sean is from a different continent, and he traveled to Athendel. But what was really cool was. Uh, Sean was like, can I be from somewhere else? And I said, yes, and here's what I want you to do. Tell me its name, tell me its culture, tell me its government. And so Sean then, uh, I got to put some of the power in Sean's hands, where he got to sit down and and make this country, essentially, uh, and bring it to the table and say, here's Velibore," And that in turn... Me entrusting you with that then in turn makes you have to trust me with it in a sense of like, if we go to Villa Boré, you have an idea of what it's like, but mm-hmm. I get to build it. Yeah.
1: You know, but, you know, but I've given you that, the, those yeah. base, you know, of how things are ran there. And, you know, of course, in our current campaign, I could be coming into some very violent times being that. <laughs> stay tuned. Yeah, stay very tuned. I'm not going to. I'm not going to ruin it for you. But I could be going into some violent times and that could be very bad for our party or very good for our party at the same time. And, you know, like, that's just the biggest thing. Where a DM. You know, you got one that just wants to follow the rules. No, you can't do this. No, you can't do that. I don't think that really goes well with a game. Like, you need to have a little bit of give and take. Like, Segan has a sword that I'm still even upgrading on him and I still have a few ideas for it that I'm going to run by my faithful dm over here. <clears throat> and the only one that can lift this sword is somebody from my bloodline. Well, at the same time I can wield this two-handed sword one-handed. Well, to me I think that's kind of broken. Granted I don't wield it one-handed. I usually only wield it two-handed. But I feel like that can be elaborated on some more and I got to think about it. And I and I I think I figured out a way to give him both a good story boost, and get rid of that brokenness of the sword, mm-hmm. and and I'm really excited that you know, I, I hope to see it you know progress further, but at the same time I'm really nervous about what's what's to come because we haven't had a whole lot of fighting, but we haven't really ventured from our main area because mm-hmm. right now we're in a spire that is really awesome at the same time very bad. <laughs> and, Could
0: be very bad.
1: Yes, very bad. Could be very, 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 very bad. And, you know, I'm excited to see what's coming. That's for sure.
0: All right, so um, we're hitting 40 minutes, 41 actually. So to wrap up, uh, I want to ask you, Sean, a question that I didn't write down so that you couldn't see it, so I want a, <laughs> like an organic, on-the-spot answer. And my question is this. My question is um, something to help me Going forward, if there's one thing about either the way I DM or the way that the game works with our party that you could change, what would it be?
1: Honestly, to give a straight up upfront answer, there's nothing you could change. You're you're doing a great job. Um, you our heard party. it here,
0: folks. <laughs> I'm a great DM.
1: Our party, they, they <laughs> click well with each other, but at the same time, it's like a party would be if you spend any amount of time together. Oh, for sure. You're going to have your clicks back and forth, and you give us all that free run to you know, role-play everything out if we need to. You, you're like, hey, role-play this out. you know, Or um, if you feel like somebody's not getting involved, you throw a random thing out there, which in <laughs> case I got one of our party members killed by doing it, and yeah, I, so, I've been I mean, known
0: to do that from time to time. Like if somebody's sitting at, th- especially Brittany, because Brittany's very reserved and quiet, and so she's not one that's like gonna just like role play real hard. And so there'll be times when Brittany will be sitting at the table, but maybe she hasn't said any. Like Brittany hasn't verbally said anything for like twenty minutes. Then I'll be like, "All right, Melindy, this happens to you." Yeah, <laughs>
1: and uh, I got a feeling that's going to be happening soon, and I'm kind of nervous because one of the downsides to seagan is he may go crazy when he rages but that downside is when he comes back he doesn't want any want to fight ever mm-hmm. with nothing and if there's a combat scene this next round or two even it could be potentially bad that he's just not going to do anything mm-hmm. that he's just going to walk away from it all
0: yeah and and that's another thing that another like dm tip if if any of you are DMs or aspiring to be DMs, is, like, that's one thing I have to think about a lot when I'm planning sessions, is, like, okay, uh, Segan had a rage last episode. Now we go into this episode. If I throw them into a fight where they're fighting these dragon riders that...
1: We've met several times.
0: Spoiler, there's dragon riders in our uh, world that you're going to get to meet eventually. But, like, if I put them in a fight with these dragon riders and Segan just had a rage last episode... How's that going to turn out for the party? Uh, and I, despite what most people believe, um, as a DM, yes, my goal is my, my goal is not to kill you. My goal is to put you in situations where you will have to.
1: Don't let him lie. His goal is to kill us,
0: <laughs> not entirely. <laughs> my my goal is to put you in situations that make you become your character. And so, like in that instance, Segan in raged last episode. Well, going into this episode. Sean's going to really want to fight these people, but Segan's going to be like, Yeah, I don't care.
1: Yeah, you know, but that's in and, and this rage was so much different from the other ones because the other ones I rolled really lucky and I didn't yeah. end up attacking <laughs> yes. any of my companions. That's very but true. But this time I literally had Elorim or Nick not done some of the key things he had done. I feel like I would have dropped Junior. Uh, I, I, I believe it. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, he had like 60 something health, and I took him back down below that. Yes.
0: Yeah, I, I, I,
1: So I feel like, had he not done that, I would have dropped a brand new player. Yeah. And I would have felt really bad as Sean.
0: Well, and then once Segan comes to, he'd have felt really bad too.
1: Yeah, so therefore.
0: Because Segan was the connector between the party and Junior to e- begin
1: with. Exactly. And so therefore. You know, it, it, <laughs> Nick got really lucky on some of the stuff he did. Yep. <laughs> and so I think it's really awesome he did that. But at the same time, you also put in place something to kind of calm that. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm sure we're going to work out a few of the other elements to that, that, you know, if, you know, I come out of the, you know, rage from this potion that, you know, I may be exhausted or, you know, something, you know, to the effect of, okay, we're going to put him down for a minute. See if he wants to finish the fight. If I attack somebody, it's on my companions. I'm probably not going to want to fight, but if I didn't, I'm probably just going to be like, you know, I need to be more careful and just, just (laughs) you know, regular attacks. But you know, all in all, I I really feel nervous going into this next, you know, game because I really hurt somebody and he's a new kid and he literally is just a child in game and. There's yeah, no telling
0: how I'm gonna react. I think Junior is. I think he's in his teens, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, he
1: is. And you know, I don't know his backstory yet. I mean, I do, but I don't.
0: <laughs> but see, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not
1: gonna meta game it because to me that's just that's not fair, especially to a DM who's telling who doesn't want to send everybody out of the room every five minutes to tell something secretive that somebody noticed mm-hmm. or something like that. So, and,
0: like, of course, <clears throat> I've done that before. I've done. I've done one-on-one sessions before where it's just me and another player. Yeah. But I don't want to do that every episode. Like, I don't want to have a moment every episode where it's, like, me and Nick or me and Sean or me and Brittany. Like, yeah. it's it's cool to do that once every, like, five or six episodes yeah. with a big story element. Uh, but for the most part, I think, I think all of the players should hear all of the information. And yeah. um, I think now that we're, you know, recording sessions and stuff, I'll do it even less than I have before. Just because, even if I did it, you could just go back and listen to the next episode, <laughs> or watch the next episode, or watch the last episode, and know. Yeah. And so, in my mind, it's like, yeah, it's cool to do that, so that that player seems like he's isolated and alone. But ultimately, our party's really good at separating player knowledge from character knowledge. And so, so even even if the player knows it, their character doesn't. You guys are pretty good at like even if. Even if, like, you have a mishap and you might say, like, oh, but Nick, this is... And then, you're, then you'll are then you catch yourself and you'll be like, oh, but wait a minute, Segan doesn't know that. Like, you guys are really good at that. And I'm very thankful for that.
1: Yeah. Because we all feel the same on that. And meta metagame is just a horrible... I mean, yeah, in certain circumstances, you know, but even the, the, the easy fix is in hindsight, hey, I, as this person, tell the whole group this. And we do that a lot. Like, we make sure we get the, all the information mm-hmm. we can... Unless it's something detriment to our backstory, and then we don't say nothing, because we we tend to keep it, and I, I think we just kind of keep it close to ourselves, and which is really bad. Like I think there's more to room than he's letting on.
0: Oh, for sure, and for sure. I can't <laughs> wait to see all
1: that. And Melindy,
0: I can't get a read on
1: her. As Melindy, a uh,
0: Melindy's a really cool character. She's really unique because um, this is Brittany's second character to play in D uh, and D, and. She didn't really know what she wanted to do, and so we just sat down with the PHB one day, and she was like, "I kind of want to be the person that like is a healer." She's like, "Okay, and then you want to play a cleric," and she's like, "But I want to be someone who's really dexterous so that I can like hop around and heal people." I was like, "Okay, uh, well, for one, you're gonna want to hope that you roll high on your stats for that, but also, why don't you play a halfling? Because halflings are little and they can get places easier." And she's like, "Okay, cool."
1: She literally hid in tall grass. She did. i just gonna say legit.
0: That. Like she was standing straight up in some tall grass, and it was still above her head. Uh, she's real small, but it, um, you know, it's stuff like that that's like. And and Brittany has even told me before. She's like, I'm having trouble getting into the character of Melindy. She's like, that's part of the reason that I don't roleplay so much because I don't really know what to do all that often. And I was like, well, here's the thing. It's like I've I've given you creative liberty to create that character, build it however you want. That includes background, <laughs> and so my job as the DM is to take nuggets out of your background and put them in your future, so that you have a reason to go and do these things. And uh, Brittany's done a really good job of creating that background.
1: Yes, and there's been a few episodes where like she really got into it, but then like I think she get, she might get nervous and withdraws back. <laughs> it's possible, and it's like. Wow, she actually... And then it's like, nope, gone. Yeah. And it's like, hold up. No, no, come back, come back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that's another thing that, you know, you have to keep in mind when you're sitting at these tables and and playing D&D is, like, the, the people that are at the table with you, they want you to do that. Like, they want you to interact with them as your character. They want you to be that character. And so I think a lot of people... The reason that D&D is hard for them or they think they're not good at it, which I think is a joke. You can't be good or bad at D&D. You just play. Yeah. But I think one thing that a lot of people that gets in their head is, like, I'm worried about what these people will think of me as the person if I'm sitting around doing this, like, if I do something super weird. And to that, I'm just like... Like, those people at that table, they're the people that aren't going to care, <laughs> you know?
1: Exactly, and that brings up another good, you know, question topic. Um, if someone is going to be in that game judging how you are, as a, they're not playing their character. Me, no. I don't even, I'm not present as me when I'm at that at this table. For sure. I, I'm not here. You might as well just give it up. You're not going to find Sean. <laughs> You're going to find Segan, and he's going to, it's going to be him.
0: And I love that. Like, And I that's how that you so should much.
1: play the game. Is like, who cares who you are? Oh, yeah. Just be at that table and be your character mm-hmm. because that character is you in some nutshell. I mean, that is... There's, just put you how you want to be in your fantasy into that character. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how you are. Uh, I think I've seen Nick play a girl one time in one of our yep. games, uh, Nick, which was um, hilarious.
0: In one of the games we played of All Flesh, Nick played a girl. Um, and I think he played a girl in the last one we did, too, didn't he? I think so. So, I mean, and it's not it's not like anybody at the table is going to make fun of you for... I mean, obviously, if they're good enough friends <laughs> with you, like, we make fun of Tanner all the time. Yeah. But we, that's just because, like, well, we know let's Tanner. Just be
1: <laughs> we make fun of everybody at the table because yeah. that's what 90% of D&D is, messing with each other. Yeah. And if I, you don't do that, you're not playing the game right. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, it's just all there is to it. And you know to me just be yourself who cares what other people think and you know i'm a shy person and strangely enough i'm even doing this and i'm freaking out of my shell doing this <laughs> but just be you you know who cares what the rest of the world thinks i mean honestly i don't because i enjoy what i'm doing and i'm a an nerd and i'm proud of it
0: i agree i think um I think that's a good place to wrap Uh, and so the final thing we're going to do I know I said we would wrap 10 minutes ago but that's fine (laughs) Uh, the final thing we're going to do if you've been a part of the channel for any time at all if you've listened to any episodes if you've interacted with our social media uh, you understand that we are doing a Christmas giveaway obviously this episode's airing on New Year's Day we're starting 2019 fresh uh, talking about something different getting into some cool stuff with D&D and the psychological side of it which is cool um, but our Christmas giveaway for 2018 is officially coming to an end. The Sunday before New Year's, because that's when we're recording this, and we're picking our giveaway winner. Now, the way we're going to do this, we ended up having, uh, and I'm, I'm very, I, I feel very blessed by this because like we're, we're very new, right? Like this very, is our fourth episode. Um, very new. I think we only have like 15 subscribers on YouTube at this point. Um, We've got about 50 likes on our Facebook page. Did you page. make
1: 15 accounts and subscribe to it? I did not. I only oh, have, okay.
0: I Only one of the subscribers is my other account. Oh, it's awesome. So it's fine. Awesome. Okay. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think we, we've we seen a lot of support. We've seen a lot of growth just in the month of December since basically we basically started in December. Um, I just said basically twice, like almost back to back. But that's it fine. Um, but I think. I'm very grateful for the growth that we've seen, the interaction that we've seen, and uh, understanding that we're a new channel and a new Facebook page and stuff like that is is huge to fathom because uh, on our giveaway we had 35 people share it.
1: Holy cow!
0: Yeah, uh, and and I honestly, I personally thought I was going to have to like handpick between like five people. Um, (laughs) thank you
1: guys because I I really want this to go further and reach people and and everything I mean that that amazes me I didn't expect that many
0: yeah I didn't either Uh, but we we've got 35 people between Twitter and Facebook 35 people that shared um, our giveaway so 35 people that spread the word of the Nerdcast, and um that's that's huge because you know 35 people might have 500 friends apiece on Facebook um Which, you know, nothing may come of it, but still, like, thank you guys so much for the support. Um, And so, with that, we are going to have our guest today, Sean. You are going to choose a number between 1 and 35. I have written in this little notebook all 35 people's names with a number next to it. So, you will pick a number between 1 and 35, and the name with the subsequent number will be the winner of the giveaway. And just I will so reach out know. to you on social media and work with you about getting this stuff shipped to you uh, or if you're in the area picked up at some point. It will be probably two weeks because i got a design. Well, I've already got a t-shirt designed because it's on the giveaway, but i got to get the t-shirts ordered. Uh, and I'm going to order probably like five to ten of them just because they're pretty cool. So they're not an exclusive t-shirt, but you're getting it for free. So that's what matters. <laughs>
1: And I have not seen this list, so I I, I didn't even know there was 35 people that shared this post, so I'm actually grateful. Um, I'm going to go with one of my lucky numbers, 13.
0: Lucky number 13. That's my lucky number, too. April McKee. April McKee. Um, April is one that I believe she discovered us from another Facebook page that I shared in. And she went and she shared both of the posts that I posted the giveaway in. She commented several times. And she, like, boosted us up on Facebook, which is awesome. Uh, April, congratulations. Um, And just to prove that it wasn't rigged, number 13, if you can see on there, is April McKee. So, April, congratulations. I'll be reaching out to you on Facebook sometime soon. And uh, we'll get it figured out how we can get this stuff to you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Sean, you got any last words? Where can they find you on social media?
1: Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Sean Harp is my name. You feel free to add me. Uh, if you want to, you need to get a hold of me through he- Josh over here, go ahead and send it there. Also, uh, I have ordered a 3D printer. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That will be... Before event- we go. <laughs> Eventually, hopefully, some of our giveaways. I'm still working out the kinks on how some of the stuff needs to be printed, but... If you want to be a so, uh, little nerdy with us and have some fun, I will be printing some stuff that we are going to be giving away on some of these live shows. Show the,
0: this one's broken, but it it's only broken because Sean put it in his pocket and broke it. Yeah. But here's one of the minis that was printed. I don't know if that's focused at all. I hope so because I can't see the camera. But then here's another 3D printed uh, D6, which is really awesome. Obviously, it's not weighted correctly, uh, by dice standards, so no. you can't use it as an actual dice. But, but it's a cool prop and a cool little thing. Like, you can paint it and stick it on a shelf. It's, it's really cool. Exactly,
1: And, I mean, there could be anything from our Star Wars campaign to our D&D campaign to something random. I'm just like, hey, let's just print that. So definitely stay tuned and spread the word because we're, we're hopefully going to be giving away a lot of that stuff too.
0: And we may even do, eventually, like, um, as a source of some kind of income, we may do, like, you know... May sell some minis or sell some 3D printed stuff for D&D stuff or just, you know, or, you just souvenir stuff like that. Um, but yeah, for sure we're going to be giving stuff away because we love to give stuff away. Like <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, if it brings me enjoyment, I want it to bring everybody else enjoyment too. So I'm all about, you know, giving that to people, especially like new, new people to the games. And hopefully it'll make you guys want to go out and find a campaign, um, you know other than that you know just remember what Segan always says that fool's magic
0: that's fool's magic thank you guys so much for uh, sticking with us for an hour now and uh, be sure to like comment subscribe turn on your notifications so you know when we post uh, that is a very YouTube thing to say so I'm getting better at this guys so <laughs> thank you guys again so much and stay tuned.